Welcome in, you knotheads. You've arrived just in time to the Nick and Time podcast. Today is an instant reaction to Season 6, Episode 11 of Better Call Saul. The episode title is, of course, Breaking Bad. Now, if that sounds familiar, then of course you're not a moron and you have seen the series that preceded Better Call Saul, and that is, of course, Breaking Bad, one of the nominees for GOAT Show, greatest show of all time. Uh, And that one was, of course, starring Bryan Cranston, his turn as Walter White, the chemistry, high school chemistry teacher slash meth dealer turned Heisenberg, super drug lord of the Southwest, along with his student, played by Aaron Paul, of course, Jesse Pinkman. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. All right, I don't do a great, I don't do a great Jesse Pinkman. I'm going to admit that right now. But uh, that's what's up, yo. And, of course, Better Call Saul came after Breaking Bad, but it was initially a prequel to Breaking Bad. And now uh, we've arrived firmly in the timeline of one Gene Takovic, which is, of course, the incarnation of Jimmy, uh, Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman slash now Gene Takovic that we finally arrived at as a character in all of the mess that this is. Um, so let's get right into an instant live reaction to the episode. Let me just say, motherfucking wow. Vince Gilligan, uh, you are amazing. You guys just continue to flat out floor me with the ability to put out these episodes. Uh, I can't believe what I just saw. It was fantastic on so many levels. Um, uh, Really what was most impressive about this episode, I think the thing that is difficult to do when you run a prequel show that's as good as the original is that it's difficult to mesh the timelines, right? It's It's definitely difficult to get everything together and kind of wrap it up in such a way that Everybody agrees they did a, a a good job. I think there's usually some division, some divisiveness within the fan base on how things came together uh, ultimately and how things worked out. So um, I think that this episode does a fantastic job of wrapping the past of uh, Jimmy McGill. Well, Jimmy McGill is not really in this episode, right? I'm saying going to say the past of Saul Goodman, of course. When he meets Walter White, aka Heisenberg, uh, and um, and of course Jesse, uh, so wrapping up those storylines in and wrapping them with how that has changed, who Gene Takovic is as a character post Breaking Bad, uh, is incredibly exciting. And they are seemingly landing the plane, though I'm not too sure about our destination, folks. We might be. Uh, in the middle of a deep, dark, thick jungle when this is all said and done. And like Breaking Bad, I don't know we're going to get that happy ending that we might have desired. Yeah, uh, After some of the events of tonight's episode, it's certainly looking less likely. So, let's get into it. Spoiler alert, we're going to go through a brief synopsis of the episode and what we saw occur uh, with this episode, Breaking Bad, Season 6, Episode 11. So the title of the episode uh, is called Breaking Bad because obviously it harkens back to Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Uh, But not only does it do that, but it also alludes to the fact that as Gene Takovic 
uh, it may be, it may now be uh, Saul Goodman and Jimmy McGill who's going to break bad officially, which is weird to say because at no point uh, during Saul Goodman's tenure do you feel like he's a a, a protagonist or a hero. Uh, I think that the entire show Breaking Bad is shades of good and bad, which is to let you know that no one truly is good or bad. No one's really righteous. Uh, and no matter how much you think they are, that's just not the way the world works, right? It's not black and white like Gene Takovic's world uh, is. But the, the episode title itself, Breaking Bad, is a double illusion, a double entendre, if you will, alluding to, of course, the TV series that preceded things with Saul Goodman, Breaking Bad, uh as Gene Takovic in the future, and also how he kind of created Breaking Bad. So one thing that's interesting in this episode is they kind of allude to the idea that that Saul Goodman was the reason for the rise of Heisenberg. Uh, and Walter White, you know, you get Mike Ehrmantraut in the office, and, you know, he who must, be not na- who must not be named, who in this case is Gus Fring, uh, Gustavo Fring, is unaware of the actions of Heisenberg and Walter White. And so when Saul Goodman poses the question to Mike, are you the one that's ignoring Walter White uh, and and disparaging his name? Are you saying he's worthless? Or is it Gustavo Fring, uh, who, of course, at this point, Saul Goodman doesn't know who that is. Uh, But is it, you know, your higher-ups that are the ones saying, there shall be no Walter White? And Mike says... You know, no one's taking this amateur seriously, right? So, you know, Saul Goodman says, with a little bit of coaching, with the right management, I think this guy has the product. I think this guy could go a long way in the big leagues. So, like, they're kind of leaning into the idea that Saul Goodman is a massive, massive player, a massive role in just why Walter White becomes Heisenberg and, you know, succeeds really in Breaking Bad, right? Uh, so that's that's an interesting way that they kind of curved this. Uh, some of the filler in this episode, a lot of times when you get these type of flashbacks, uh, when you're dealing with a prequel series, uh, merging with the original series, they're not as satisfying because they don't seem to make sense, but really everything makes sense. Mike doesn't really approve of Walter White Heisenberg, just like he never did in the series, and he didn't from Jump Street. And Saul... Uh, was reaching for the stars uh, more than he should have been, as he kind of always has, right? Obviously, this is all because Kim left him, uh, and ever since Kim left him, he's been trying to prove something, which is how we get, you know, to the Saul Goodman, the true transition from Jimmy McGill into Saul Goodman. Uh, But obviously, we didn't realize just the role, the level, uh, the depth that Saul Goodman played in the creation of Walter White and the success of Heisenberg overall in that Southwestern meth meth game. So that was really interesting. I like how they pieced that together. Um, I do think that I liked going back to see Francesca in the black and white. So like the callback when they start the episode off and Gene's going to the phone booth, getting Francesca on the phone to kind of figure things out, AKA all the money's been taken. So whatever he has with him is all the money he's got. All the businesses have been hit. The offshore accounts have been drained. They even got the fucking laser tag. Son of a bitch cops even figured out the laser tag. Can you believe that? That's crazy. I'd let you know just how deep they went on Saul Goodman. But, uh, you know, anyhow, Francesca lets out a hint that, you know, Kim did call in. Kim Wexler called in to check on Francesca, make sure she was all right. 
and additionally to ask if, you know, Saul Goodman was still alive, because obviously he's missing, no one knows if he's alive or dead, and based on what Kim knew from Saul's early misgivings and, and dealings with the crime game with Mike Ehrmantraut and Gustavo Fring, you know, she has every reason to believe that he might be dead at this point. After all that mess with Lalo, you know, in fact, it's probably her assumption initially that he is dead. So, uh, you know, Saul is happy to hear that Kim asked about him. Um, and he goes about his business, but then next thing you know, of course, he has to make a call, has to reach out to Kim, he can't help himself. So then you get a scene where he's in a phone booth, and you can hear muffled words, but you don't hear the conversation in, in full. The assumption is made that he did actually reach Kim Wexler, his ex-wife, uh, and the conversation doesn't go very well. So, you know, somebody that he could probably use at this stage in his life when he's broken down, you know, he was a king, and now he's the former king. He doesn't have much really going on in his life, nothing to really care about or live for at this point. Um, you know, probably why last episode in Nippy, he's getting down with the hustle again and enjoying it so much is because there's just no other joy in his life other than being a con man, right? So, Kim, the conversation in the phone booth must take a, an ill turn because he's screaming and shouting. Next thing you know, he's putting his foot through the side of the phone booth, breaking, shattering the glass, the plastic. Um, you know, honestly, it's really sad because, like I said, you don't get the idea that Saul Goodman or Gene Takovic are protagonists necessarily, but you do, you know, we have rocked with him for six seasons now, and, uh, you know, you do kind of feel bad for him. And I think a lot of us fans were hoping that we get more Kim Wexler, and that we were hoping she might come as, like, to save him from his doom and gloom scenario. Uh, but I don't think we're getting that. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we're getting that happy ending. I think that this just might be uh, on par with the original Breaking Bad's ending. It might be even worse, which is obviously going to disappoint a lot of people that were hoping that Kim and Jimmy got their happy ending and got out, and that was the end of it. But unfortunately, I'm not seeing that happening here. Uh, especially based on what the what happens afterwards. So, you know, Gene Takovic, which was what we'll call him now, he's fu he's fully gone from Saul Goodman to Gene Takovic in this episode as he begins to break bad himself. Why is he breaking bad? Well, he's luring unsuspecting victims into a bar, uh, and he's preparing to completely empty their life savings, their credit card accounts, their checking accounts. Their, he's completely going to rob them blind of all the money that they have without any misgivings about that. Uh, and, of course... A bunch of them have sob stories. Some of them are assholes, like you would expect. But Gene doesn't give a shit regardless. And Jeff is fully falling in line. He's roped Jeff back into the, the con man game. And Jeff's falling in line because they're making tons of money. Uh, and the joke behind this episode is that it, everything seems to be going well for Gene. And he's he's really successfully breaking bad again. He's uh He's got the little foot massager. They bring that back. There's a little foot massager thing. This, like, you know, convenience he had back when he was Saul Goodman. Uh, says that it keeps his chi centered. Keeps get, keeps his chi going, is what he tells Mike Ehrman Trout in his office. <laughs> but anyhow, he's got this thing now as Gene Takovic again, which lets you know that he's, you know, back to his old Saul Goodman ways. But he's definitely breaking bad even further than Saul Goodman ever did because... This is a man who's willing to rob a cancer patient of all the money he has. So, the third accomplice to Gene and Jeff, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's not interested in robbing a cancer patient because, spoiler alert, his dad had cancer. He finds the pills while digging through his pocket and says he didn't want any part of robbing a, a cancer patient. Now, 
I can kind of get where he's going with that. My father passed away from cancer. It'll be three years ago this week. Rest in peace, Dad. Next Monday, 8-8 is the date. Uh, I miss him every day. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we won't go into a long aside about that. Just, you know, I get the idea that robbing cancer patients is awful. Um, just as the accomplice to Gene and Jeff realized that and then officially got off the team because he wasn't interested in robbing a cancer patient. But... You know, Gene tells Jeff we got to go back, even though it's been three hours since we drugged the guy, uh, and he's probably awake or possibly the door isn't able to get into it anymore. We're not able to get in there because third guy ripped the tape off the handle during the con earlier. Uh, they've been successfully breaking into these houses, stealing these identities from these drunkards that Jeff is taking home via his taxi cab service, you know, set up by Gene pretending to get drunk using the pouch to take all the alcohol instead of him being drunk so he can stay sober enough to plot these cons as usual slip and jimmy slip and jimmy style um but yeah you know gene tells jeff we got to go back and rob this guy and it doesn't matter that he has cancer you know i can promise you that all not all cancer patients are good guys obviously another reference to walter white who we see in this episode by the way uh brian cranston crushes it as a season two walter white in this episode uh, Jesse sounds a little bit older because of the aging, obviously. He doesn't sound like his youthful self. Aaron Paul's grown now. Uh, so his voice is a little deeper, a little huskier. Uh, you know, even with Yo, it doesn't sound quite, quite right. He's got a ski mask cap on so that we don't have to worry about a balding, a bald cap like he had no Camino that didn't look right. Because he's got his hair for Westworld, right? But, um, but Brian Cranston crushes it in his brief scenes as season two Walter White and I just wanted to shout that out it's insane how good of an actor he is he can slide back into this role all these years later of course he had a brief scene in El Camino uh when we were doing the story of Jesse but this 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 seems to take place even after El Camino because they mention that Jesse's car was found at the Mexican border so everybody just assumes he escaped to Mexico right uh even though we obviously know that's not correct so Anyhow, getting back onto the episode, the episode ends with Gene Takovic breaking the glass to get into the cancer patient's house, uh, and that's when they roll credits. So, you know, he's gone past Slippin' Jimmy, he's gone past Saul Goodman, he's full-on breaking bad as Gene Takovic, um, because the conversation with Kim in that phone booth went so poorly that he's decided to go even worse con man than he's ever been in his entire life. Because he has nothing else to live for except for the thrill, the rush uh, that being a con man provides. Kind of like what Kim said to him, I was addicted to it. And now, you know, Gene Takovic, Breaking Bad, seems to be addicted to it as well. A um, couple of things about this episode that I wanted to talk about. Um, like I said, loved seeing Francesca. That was fantastic. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to get information about the phone calls. Uh, from uh, Breaking Bad Season 4, Episode 5. There was a phone call uh, that kind of got explained in this episode. Uh, we, uh, we know Huel Huel didn't get stuck in the house uh, where he was last seen, and we all wonder what happened to Huel. Well, he got away, went to New Orleans, according to Francesca. So thankfully his story continues somewhere. Really sad seeing Gene do the karaoke in the bar scene as he was, like, setting up his marks. Because last time we saw him do karaoke, sometime in season four, I think, he was doing it with Chuck. Uh, he was surrounded by Kim and Ernie and all his mailroom friends. And uh, it was uh, it was very unfortunate. He's going by Victor. 
at the bar uh, is the alias he's using for his marks to set up, which is interesting, too. It's like a step past Gene. He's going to Victor. Like, his personality just keeps changing and degrading and getting worse and worse with every new alias he picks up. Um, I love that it seems like Carol Burnett's character, Marion's being set up to kind of have some role yet to play. Maybe she dies. Maybe she inadvertently causes uh, Gene Takovic to go to jail. Maybe she snitches on him. Um, I'm not too sure how it all works out yet, but there's definitely something more to the, the Carol Burnett character of Marion. Looking forward to seeing what that means. Uh, you know, Jeff's pal saying they have enough money is just like a, a previous point in Saul. I can't remember when, but Howard's saying he doesn't care about the money. He just does it for fun. He does it to get off. Uh, which is really what's happening here, because, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't need the money despite being relatively broke. I'm sure he still has some of the funds he brought with him during the vacuum cleaner relocation situation. But, you know, that's not what he's doing this for, right? He's doing this because he wants to thrill, because he can't have Kim, he can't have anything anymore, his old life. You know, it's hard being the once-in-future king that isn't actually ever going to be the future king, right? So... That was pretty wild. There was an interesting uh, kind of corollary I noted with this this episode. The way that you could view this, uh, I, and I read something about it on Reddit that kind of like correlated with what I was thinking, is that like the first five seasons of Better Call Saul all ended with ten episodes, and you could have easily ended this series with Nippy last week uh, and just had it be like, will Gene Takovic continue to be a con man? Uh, will he break bad again? Will he be able to, you know, handle his urges or will he be found out or caught because he can't help himself? Um, you could have ended it all there. And the only like dangling thread that would have been there. And even then it's not really dangling is where is Kim Wexler, right? But Kim Wexler left him. So, I mean, that even wouldn't be that massive of a dangling thread because we all know what Kim thought at the end. She admitted it. She was very out forthright. I knew Lala was alive. I was addicted to the con. I couldn't stop it. We had to keep conning Howard because it was getting me off. Um, but now, you know, as we push past into episode 11 here, the intro has the tape kind of running out. It's like there's no more uh, of the intro footage for the tapes. But Saul keeps pushing anyway. Gene keeps pushing anyway, right? So, like, Francesca is almost like the fans, uh, like, she stands for the writers, and, and, and Gene is like the fans asking all these wrap-up questions about where all these people ended up and what happened with all these loose plot lines, loose dangling threads, and Francesca's just nipping them all and, right, and, and tying them all up, like, this is what happened, there's nothing here, there's nothing to it, nothing left to go on, nothing left to do, what do you mean? We all ra It's all wrapped up, it's all wrapped up, Gene, we've given them all away, um, but... I kind of view it as like the fans uh, are just asking to see what's going on with those dangling thread. It's kind of meta in that way, if you think about it. And then like, you know, Gene's life is colorless. It's black and white. There's no color left in it because there's nothing left, uh, you know, of beauty in Gene's life. It's just a very wasted life now. Um, but in reality, you know, you, you see color in the scenes where there's Walter White. Uh, and Jesse Pinkman during those flashbacks, because that's when, uh, of course, Saul Goodman's life had color to it. It had vibrance. It had life, uh, energy that he just doesn't have as Gene Takovic. So I thought that was really interesting, made a kind of thing going on. Um, you know, 
it's super super weird how that ended up but i like that and noted that and somebody else on reddit caught that as well i, I can't remember the guy's name but he definitely had a great point and i hope he writes uh, a full post up on it because it's a really interesting look into the world of uh breaking bad and better call Saul in general here is like the meta commentary that they're making with these final episodes like just leave it alone let it die it's over it's done with uh we know all the answers now there's no reason to ask further questions and yet here it is gene takovic now calling himself victor setting up cons and new marks because he, he literally can't help himself to the point where he's gonna rob a cancer patient uh and that is sad also like thought it was interesting that if marion is gonna play a part in the downfall of gene takovic or victor whatever he's gonna go by now as he's breaking bad further it's an interesting corollary to the Sandpiper case where he was helping all the elderly people um, and now it would be an elderly person who's taking him down after he kind of, he helped them and took advantage of those elderly people at the same time. So it's definitely just desserts for someone like uh, Saul Goodman, uh, Gene Takovic, Victor to get taken down by Marion who's an elderly woman herself. And he's kind of like, you know, even schmoozing up to now, uh, you know, of course to get close to Jeff and use him as his new henchman uh, at his relocation spot. But, um, I mean, what an episode of television. I am absolutely going to have to rewatch this entire series uh, from front to back and a binge and see just what other things I come up with at the end of it. This series, oh, man, it is so hard to talk about greatest series of all times. And I promise I'm going to go ahead and do a full-on cast in that on that subject uh sometime before the end of august we got some running room before we have to hit lord of the rings and house of the dragon and all these new epic shows that are going to be coming out over the next several months uh and during that time i'm going to do some some interesting one-offs one of those interesting one-offs will be greatest of all time the goat show where we'll discuss uh my candidates for greatest film of all time and greatest television show of all time and go in depth on exactly what those categories mean uh, Better Call Saul will absolutely be a nominee. There's only two episodes left. I can't believe it. It's bittersweet. It's one of those things where when this, when something that's this good ends, you're glad to have closure, but at the same time, you're going to miss it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go on a bit of a um, kind of a off a diatribe, but it's like a little bit off topic, but still on topic. So in my life, I have succeeded. Not often. In fact, not very often at all. But I have succeeded. Um, and in those times when you succeed, you reach, you know, this pinnacle, this this top of a hill or top of a mountain without being overly dramatic. You get to this point in your life where you go, man, I finally did it. For me, it was I had this job and I was managing and training and, and responsible for the lives of 13 other 14 other adults. Right. And it was just me when the job started and I created a operating procedure for how these people should operate. I hired them. I trained them. I managed them. All of those things. Um, and my dad was getting uh, surgery early on in his cancer when he had gotten it in 2015. Um, and I flew out here to be with him because I was scared that he might die during that procedure. And uh, he didn't. But I remember telling my dad about everything I was doing. And explaining to him just the job that I had gained and the respect I had earned from people uh, that were in a much higher station in life than I was in. And 
It was one of the few times in my entire life that my father ever said, you know, Nick, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you. You've really done something special. Um, and so uh, it didn't take long for the wheels to fall off. Uh, you know, it was just eight, nine months later. Uh, everything started to slowly come apart, unravel at the seams. Um, and I had fallen from that mountain or hilltop and I reached a new low in my life. Honestly, I had low. I didn't realize I could even hit after being through several lows. I came from a low to reach that mountaintop. I was, you know, in a mental institution for a while just before I came out of it and, and went on that freak streak of my life where I ascended for a couple of years to the greatest I'd ever been. And so I understand why Gene Takovic, I understand why Saul Goodman can't let it go because he needs to he needs to feel like he's worthy of existing. And in order to do that, he has to ascend to heights that he's familiar with. And it's not good enough to climb a hiking trail when he knows that he could stand on top of Everest. It's not good enough for him to ride an escalator when he knows he could stand at the top of a skyscraper. Um, and I, and maybe that sounds crazy. Maybe nobody really, no, nobody listening really understands what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just rambling and I'm not even making any sense right now. But if you've ever attained true happiness or like, if you've ever attained what you wanted to in life, a station above what you thought you deserved for so long, then nothing is ever good enough unless you can somehow reacquire that former success um, some people get obsessed with doing it, and that's what kind of Gene Takovic is now experiencing, especially post that phone call to Kim Wexler in the phone booth, uh, realizing that the only thing he's ever truly loved, the only thing that ever truly loved him, rather, is rejecting him. Even if, he, if she doesn't want him to be dead, that doesn't mean that she wants to be any part of his life, especially after everything she's no doubt heard and read about his time as Saul Goodman during the original Breaking Bad series. But I guess what I'm saying is, I understand this character. I can empathize with this character. Uh, and for that reason, uh, he might be my favorite character of all time. But anyway, that's the instant reaction. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate anybody who's listening. Uh, thanks for coming in, tuning in to the Nick of Time podcast. I hope you had a good time. Until next time, I'm out.